Hi, and welcome to Over 50 and Effin' Funny with comedians Jan McGinnis and Frank King. See, because I like to be different. I like to think outside the box. For example, I celebrate Halloween in August because when you show up at someone's house at night wearing a mask in August, you get better stuff. See, think outside the box. I only wear underwear with little pictures of Santa Claus on them because then no matter what mood I'm in, I always know it's Christmas in my pants. Uh, we got Karen Rotowski with us here today. Karen, thank you for joining us on uh, Over 50 and Effing Funny. <laughs> How's life? Life is actually pretty good. I just turned 55 last week. Ooh, wow. So just made, we, we originally started this podcast. It was going to be Over 40 and Effing Funny. And uh, <laughs> it, <was> about, <laughs> it took us a few years to get it to going. <laughs> uh. <laughs> So uh, now we're going to keep going up, up the ladder there. So, uh, yeah, we just like to kind of find out about the comedians, uh, how you got you starting comedy, and um, good stories. <laughs> good stories. Let's see. I have to begin by apologizing because I wear this shirt, I think, on every Zoom meeting I've been in because uh, it's so hot in L.A. And I have to have spaghetti I tried stress. to wear a nice one. I was trying to wear a nice one, but oh. <laughs> well, you must have uh, central air. I don't have that, so. Oh. <laughs> Yes. Um, well, you know, how did I get started? Is that the first question? Yeah, go for it. Yeah. And hi, Frank. Are you all right over there? I'm working on my CPP payroll protection. We need some okay. on you, Frank. Yeah, we can only, you're very quiet. It's usually how I like my men, but. All right, we'll let you work on that. You tell us when. I'll tell Jan my uh, my ever so uh, insane and interesting story about stand-up. Okay. So um, I always wanted to be a stand-up. Like, I think stand-ups are born, right? Like, we all listen to whatever. Bill Cosby, Bob Newhart, Steve Martin. We had those records uh, yeah. memorized. So, But I never thought I was always like, who does that? You know, you grow up in a small town that you don't grow up in Los Angeles. You're like, how does that happen? Yeah, no connection. And, right. Yeah. Right. And I, I had a pretty um, normal life. I, I went to college outside of Boston. I remember seeing Karen Haber on a late night show with Jay. Um, I, I don't even know if he's around anymore. Well, we can almost hear you, uh, Frank. So Jay, um, almost. No, nope, we, we need you louder. Check your uh, check your settings. Mine were uh, had the uh, output going to my microphone. That's what my problem oh. is. Yeah. Oh. So. Um, you so, think with the combined knowledge of technology here, you know, working with microphones, the three of us, <laughs> that's about 100 years of, we could get Frank on this? Never. I, you just keep yelling, Frank. We'll let you know when you come in. Testing one, two. Oh, we got you. There we go. We got Frank. How about now? Can you hear me now? Perfect now. Otherwise, okay. we're going to have to do what every other club does and just call this a women's show. <laughs> <laughs> and scare off the whole audience. Okay. <laughs> That's right. How are you, Frank? Uh, I'm trying to get this $11,242 from the federal government uh, on the last, oh. last hour at the payroll protection thing. Oh. So, 
I seem distracted is because the DocuSign documents are giving me fit. So, uh, Karen, I remember um, some of the beginnings of your comedy career. Well, at the comedy store. But please take care of your loan because that's uh, that's all insane right now. Then we no, can see actually, you. then we can I, see you more if you get your loan. <laughs> yeah. I remember you from cigar, cigarettes, cigarettes. That's right. That's right. That's where I started. I was at I uh, I finished college. I I almost flunked out of high school. I was a terrible student. Went to college, finished a semester early, and then got on a plane and went to Vegas. And I was a cigarette girl at Caesar's Palace. And I met a bellman, and the bellman was a comedian, and he took me to my first open mic, which was some horrible bar where I told, I opened with an old joke that was dirty, and it just (laughs) destroyed. And then everything I had written was just terrible. But I know, I had made the decision. I actually kissed the uh, MC on the way out, and I was like, he was this old guy, and I was like 21 and in a short skirt, and it was so funny to me now, like how stupid it was. But I was so, like, I was like, you people, I just found what I'm doing forever. And um, then I got a second cigarette girl job at the Riviera where they had the improv. So I would work at Caesars during the day and improv night. And I met all these comics when I was a little cigarette girl in a little, uh, so it's no, like, I, uh, because I was in that little outfit when I met them all, I totally understood how to work with them later. Uh, when I was amongst them. Cigarettes have helped you. Cigarettes, are the, you're the one person yeah. that actually did well with cigarettes. I know. Yeah, there was some yo-yos too or something. There was some... I uh, think we had all that lighted stuff at that time. At Caesars, we weren't allowed to sell that because it wasn't classy, but we were supposed to sell all kinds of junk and popcorn and, and I work all the shows. But you know, it's so funny because um, I psychologically people smoke because they're trying to stay in their body like people that are like right now it's like I, I i would smoke right now if i thought it wouldn't make me sick because of covid i'm like in this dreamland all the time like i'm always like well when am i going to the next club or what's happening like it's like i'm never in the moment and if there's anything that puts you in the moment it's smoking your body so i'm yeah, just like I, I drink to stay away from my body <laughs> it doesn't help well it doesn't I'm about to go get Wendy's driver's license. I'll be right back. Okay. Are you all right? Multitasking. Good thing you're not on stage, Frank. (laughs) (laughs) This is a good. Did you did you go for PPP loan? Did you uh, did you go for one of those? No, I. uh, You know, uh, I was doing all those weeks on the road, and I wasn't as smart as you to go into corporate or as talented to do the corporate thing. So about five years ago, I integrated. I said, um, I I I sort of picked up my tarot card business, which I was doing a little bit and uh, it exploded and it has carried me through. In fact, it's been great through and I sold a tarot class. So I didn't go for that loan because I, I thought that money, I don't need it. So that's nice. Yeah. Well, you, I remember talking to you about doing corporate and then tarot card reading on the side, like at the event, I thought that'd be a great combination. You know, they kind of always want to follow up, you know, like magician close up, yeah. Yeah, I do that, and it's, um, well, here's the funny thing about that, because I do a show called Psychic Stand-Up, and I'd love to get it corporate and everything, but, you know, I so I get booked on a corporate in uh, North Dakota, and um, they, they go, we looked through all your videos. Could you do your tarot for the head of the company, right? 
And I was like, sure. And I know now um, you have to tread very carefully because a lot of people, and I think I mentioned this to them, tarot is like a trip work. Like you don't do that. Like it's You didn't offensive. pull out the asshole card on the VP, did you? you right. Didn't... Well, it gets worse. It gets worse. So, um, so, it, it, so I go and I go to see who, the, I go, sure, sure, sure. And I go to see who this guy is. And he is a cap, you know, coach of St. Mary's football, uh, you know, deacon at the Catholic church, all Catholic, his whole resume is Catholic, 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 which I'm hearing in my head, hates you, hates you, hate, you know what I mean? Going to hell, going to hell, this woman's got these cars. So I was very careful and I pushed way towards his astrology. I pushed way towards his astrology, which is all kind of more, you know, nebulous, not quite. And uh, nailed him, like ripped him on stage. And then when I went to give the reading, it was not, I was so careful. And it was the next year that I think the bottom fell out on the housing market and they were in the housing and stuff. So I was, you know, it was very weird. But then I did all these readings for them after. That was a really weird gig. But you have to say to people, listen, everybody's not cool with this. If they have a real religious background, they might find it offensive. But, you know, that's still what I want to do. Karen, any gig that you do tarot card reading at is a real weird gig. (laughs) Well, not for me. (laughs) Tell us about that. That's interesting because comedians have all sorts of side gigs and extra things or or extra things they do, not just like I I sell comedy material to people and uh, corporate and, you know, other theater stuff. But you, this is interesting. This is really cool. I see it on Facebook. I see it on uh, Instagram. Uh, What all do you do with that? Well, uh, because you've got a comedy and and psychic. Yeah, it's very funny because I just uh, I have some publicists now and they're trying to get me to get everything under one umbrella, which is very hard, which is like the best logo I've come up with so far is stand up comic, terror reader, marketing quagmire, because (laughs) it does not fit at all. And. Um, and I think they know me as a tarot reader. So they were like, well, obviously you make more money with tarot. And I was like, well, uh, <laughs> now I do. Now, right now comedy. I could make more money than making with tarot. <laughs> right. Yes. And, um, but it's, it, um, so, so the show is doing comedy in regular standup. And then I talk about, I make it funny about how I do my tarot readings and then I um, do the readings from the stage, which usually I have my friend Lamont Ferguson taking the questions because that's a great combination because someone will raise their hand and say, can you tell me about my job? So as I'm shuffling and sort of translating, he will go, so are you married? And it keeps the show moving. But they oh, ask good. questions and, and I give them true answers, but we make them funny. In fact, I just did one for um, Valentine's Day in February that I'm still trying to edit the tape because it was so good. I want to put out chunks of it. Oh, yeah. But it, it's always like in the beginning, we go, who has a question? No hands raised. Does anybody have a question? Then finally one person will go like this, and then I'll answer the question, and then we go, who else has a question? Every hand in the crowd. <laughs> Are you a question? <laughs> so I talked to I do, um, uh, what do you call a um, uh, hypnotist once, and he said his hardest crowds were corporate because nobody want, you're right, nobody wants to go – I'll be hypnotized and have you take my pants off, you know, or have me take right. my pants And so right. they're right. like the same thing. They don't want to hear like, you, is that your wife? Because you're going to be divorced in about four months. <laughs> <laughs> well, I try to, t- t- like I said, carefully, 
but the cor corporate, well, always, that's where you're a master. You guys are a master at this because you do have to hit that, you know, in corporate, sometimes they all have the same sense of humor. If you're talking all engineers, they all like yeah. the same jokes. And it really is an art form that you guys are good at. I'm okay at it, but I, I, I tend to get very like, I want to do what I want to do, which isn't, uh, <laughs> you know, you, you guys can fit that together. You can do what you, you want to do and make it fit. Funny stand-ups, really. Karen Montasco oh, got you. No, <laughs> so, you been how long you been doing this? Like uh, from from you know cigarettes to how long? So, yeah, twenty four years old. So thirty one years. Thirty one wow, years. Wow! Wow! Okay. Wow, Not a math great. major. Yes. That's, uh, I've been twenty five years. I don't know, Frank. How many years you been doing stand-up? Thirty four. Thirty four. Wow. So. And any any good stories about big names you've worked with, Karen? Anything? Uh, worst gig, best gig? We always remember the worst gig. We don't remember the best one. <laughs> I know. Best gig, worst gig. Let's see. Um, I know I have some good stories. N not right now. No. Um, I know I have some fun stories. Uh, let me think somebody. You worked with a lot of big names? You, you've probably worked with everyone. And now you're. I, I worked, yeah. I and you know what? It's eleven grand, so I'm gonna have to bail out because I may not be able to get this done and do the show. Uh, Karen, you do your thing. You uh, go get your tell money. Her, tell her, um, Sharipa, the one guy from the Improv during all those years that actually went on to be famous on television on HBO. Not the comics, not the comic actors. Not the, the, that's right. That's right. And also. As soon as he hangs up, wait till you hear the stories I have about Frank. <laughs> oh, great. Okay. Bye, kids. Uh, bye, Frank. Bye, I Frank. Know, I want to leave this, but I don't want to let you go. I don't want to close oh, the Oh, if you're hosting it, you should probably just put a... Send um, me over to... Make me the host. Okay. Oh, yeah. Send you can do that? Host. Yeah. Yeah. I'm learning all sorts of... I'm starting to get Zoom comedy shows and zoom events how about you you doing zoom a lot yeah doing a lot of those and i always uh, this is always my opening line uh quick impression of my mother on zoom <laughs> <laughs> that's it we have a zoom meeting with my mom and my sister every day and oh. uh that's my mom every day and my sister can you move the thing so we can see you instead of the <laughs> top of the head yeah <laughs> you have a lot of fa funny family juice well zoom yeah i did my first zoom conference this week and, you know, there's a couple hundred people on it and everybody blanks their screen out. You're like, okay, I'm just going to talk to my computer. <laughs> you know, that's hard. I do a lot for like flappers or uh, other stuff, but there's always some people on the screen and you can always hear some. That is hard if they've blacked it out. That's really hard. Yeah, I just pretend it's a practice. Not that I ever practice, but I will now. <laughs> I know. I know. People think, do you run your lines in the mirror? No, no. no. Not prepared at all. Not no. Prepared. <laughs> no. So what's the, what's the story Frank was alluding to? Did he, did he just snatch uh, you like a bomb and run and like, okay, tell the story? <laughs> no, it was just that we, uh, you know, when, when I was a cigarette girl at the Riviera, which then I actually became a comic there later, um, Steve Sharippa was the doorman who worked his way up, who then went on to big parts in like, um, uh, he did some spots for the Tonight Show. He was big on the Sopranos. And it was just, it, yeah. Okay. Yeah. He was just that guy. Like, I don't know how he, I don't know how he did it or got into it or whatever, but it was so funny. Everybody was working hard and then he just walked into it. So, um, 
that, but you know what? With comedy, you just don't know who's going to make it. That's why you're nice to everybody. <laughs> yes. You know, really, but aside from that, you should be nice to everybody. But you don't know. I mean, it's so weird to see the people. I'll be watching TV and go, what the hell? That part? I mean, 97% of the people I'm thrilled made it or got their shot or whatever. But the, some of them, you look at it and go, what the hell happened? You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I always feel like, it's funny because um, I always feel like the internet was the great equalizer. Um, because my career has, like, I did a dry bar special. That just went viral. So, yeah, so something right. picking up speed. But I, this is what I want to do. This is what I want to do. Um, because I can't play that game. And obviously I'm too old or whatever, but I think that the age of, you know, it used to be, I would have to say the most, the best show I ever had, the most interesting was when I was on Letterman Oh yeah. for a, a lot of reasons. And I don't think there will ever be that much. I can't, I can't figure any time because what happened was I was the second, only the second person ever in the history of the show that they booked off of a tape. Wow. And he saw the tape and it literally took five years to get me on. That's, and that's, that's good though. You got on, you know? Yeah. I went in front of producers, I think once and they didn't like me. And then it was Eddie Brill who yep. was, um, he was sort of the scout and then he turned into the booker. Um, and he, five years later, he had me in his festival and he was like, you're on, uh, you're on, you know, and I had kind of a manager at that time. And she goes, uh, Eddie doesn't have that kind of power. You're not going to be on because that's how supportive managers can be. <laughs> and um, and I was like, well, then why do I have plane tickets in my hand? And um, I got I got moved around or bumped like three times, once flown to New York and then flown out. But um, at that time, that was when there were three networks and those were the only gatekeepers. And to hear him say your name is like, you know, it'll never, like, even now, I, when the tape, if I have to edit the tape or something, it's like, I, it's the same feeling of like, what, who who is he talking about? And it was funny. Yeah. Cause I had written a joke and the joke was, uh, I only wear underwear with little pictures of Santa Claus on them because then no matter what mood I'm in, I always know it's Christmas in my pants. And I, and I had dropped that joke years earlier and then I brought it back and I was like, I think Letterman would love that joke. I think that joke got me the spot. And yes. And when I was coming off the stage, like I didn't know what to do. And it was like the most awkward moment. And he came over and he held my hand and I was like looking up, like you can't imagine how afraid you are and how you're going, am I here? And uh, he made me stand so the whole audience stopped applauding. And he said, is it really always Christmas in your pants? And the crowd went nuts. So it was like, it was also this weird, like psychic moment. Like I was like, he's going to love that. That kind of came through. But that was the stakes. I don't think will ever be that high again. Um, I don't know, even know what's live anymore. Uh, That was done live. And uh, it was just I don't know. Sorry. No, man. That is, that is a cool story. That's such a good memory. And and we on once, twice, a hundred times you were on once. And then the next year I submitted my second set to be in and they shut down the show or it was a couple years later. 
And then they sent back and they said, you know what? Because he's going off the air, it's only personal friends now. So I only got on one. Put about but... Christmas in your shirt, that one. Yeah. And then... <laughs> Christmas yes, in my I socks. Mean... and then Christmas Exactly. <laughs> I have to move my fan. It's so hot in my apartment. I know. I'm dying. It's really hot. So I, um, I've got the reflection behind me. Those are all, I was, all the hotel key cards. I have a stack like this. That's so funny. Jan. I went ahead and uh, I saw, noticed they're really cool. And so I started to put, uh, hold on to them. And now I made a big uh, uh, thing with them. So now it's just See, reflects. I want to make a picture out of them. I want to uh, arrange them by color. I started going to hotels last uh, year or so, and they started like charging you if you don't return the card. They must have seen Oh, my really? House. I don't think I'm staying in hotels that nice because they all let me walk away with them. <laughs> you have a big old, room, a big old key. And <laughs> yeah, they're going the- back there, right? <laughs> yeah, so, so, you, so you left and you went out to, to Vegas and then from there went on to L.A. and met Frank. Where did you meet Frank? I don't, I'm trying to think. Uh, I probably met Frank in Vegas. And then when I moved to San Diego, I went from Vegas to San Diego, and then I probably met or ran into him at the comedy store where uh, at that time in San Diego, they had a comedy store and an improv in a place called the Comedy Isle. And there was a lot of um, work and they didn't get along. This is what I was very good at. I would be like, uh, I would work for competing companies. I was working at the the, um, comedy store as, as a waitress and a bartender and at the improv as a waitress and on stage for both of them, which was a little bit rare, which is really sad because yeah. the local comics should be able to do that. But I got away with that for a couple of years nice. and then uh, just took the leap to L.A. And I, I love San Diego. I think it's my spiritual home, but I love L.A. I, I'm just a California girl all around now. I love L.A. too. I've been out here 21 years, I think. And, people, you know, you travel around the country like, oh, L.A., yuck. It's like, no. <laughs> I know. And, uh, I, and I, like I used I used to work at Atlantic City, and there was this one door guy that was always like, how can you stand L.A.? And I was like, have you ever been there? And he was like, no. And I was like, then shut up. Yeah. What are you talking about? I had, a, I had a guy in Iowa say, oh, I'm sorry. I'm like, you're driving a shuttle bus to the hotel in Iowa. <laughs> I, I, li- I mean, he likes his job, too. I like mine. <laughs> so... Atlantic City, I worked at, uh, I worked at with people, and it always seemed I worked with comics who had gambling problems. Dear God. Oh, God, yeah, yeah. You know, and then the first day of the week, and then they spent it all. By the end of the week, I'm the only one with any cash left. And then they want to borrow it, right? Yeah, <laughs> we'll get it right back to you. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so uh, I'm trying to think how we met. What the, uh, I probably I don't know. Frank. I everyone feel like meets through Frank. Everyone meets through Frank. I feel like we've been friends forever. Yeah. Well, I don't know. We've been, yeah, we've been friends a long time, but I, I, I don't do many sets around town anymore. I'm, I get home. I'm tired. You, you were so much better running around LA and doing stuff. I, you know, I just didn't. <laughs> so I should have. Yeah. I, uh, I have to be moving. In fact, in this COVID thing, what I realized, because, you know, when I do tarot, and usually I'm booked out about two weeks, I have a really good business now. I'm booked wow. out quite a few weeks, and I work, like, somewhere, like, from one to six. I go straight through, and it's really, really tiring because you're constant in yeah. this constant focus. And I realized, you know, I was doing that and then doing shows every night. So that was the energy out, and then the shows were the energy back. Oh, nice. And then... And then it got taken away, and now it's been a real off balance for me. 
Yeah. Okay. So, so can you run a tarot card to see when this is going to be over? Have you, uh, <laughs> well, there's a, well, it's, it's going to be a while, but yeah. I, uh, all right. So if you want my prediction, get your toilet paper in October because November, December, January, this country is going to explode. I mean, I'm sure anyone's like, well, I can figure that out. But for years now, you know, most psychics and astrologers have been talking about 2020, November, December, January. So, that explode in a bad way? Um, it's it's going to look bad, but here's the thing. In the astrology, we're moving out of the patriarchy into the matriarchy. In the patriarchy, the you know, I'm not, not I don't really exactly, you know, I, to, to, to remain non-political, I'm going to say we have two old white guys we don't have, that, that represent yeah. 1% of the population, and that's the patriarchy holding on. So we're kind of moving into a way better time, but it's like having a baby. We're in the contraction now. November is the birth, and we all know birth is messy and ugly, and then we're going to move to the country coming back together. So get some, some epidurals and some things that can knock us out for November. Is that what you're saying? invest in beer um, yeah. oh god well good well we'll see what happens uh, what are you okay so you've got your tarot thing any other events anything you're pushing any websites what can we uh what can we plug for you karen so i have a uh, so my website is karenrontowski.com i have a podcast called paranormal karen that is all um paranormal stuff i talk to paranormal experts it's a lot of healing it's a lot of spiritual stuff um, and then, um, my Instagram is at Rontowski. I'm pushing that cause I want to get, I can't get off Facebook and Twitter, but I can't stand it either. Um, <laughs> I'm still but, with MySpace, so I don't, <laughs> <laughs> um, so that, and also if anyone is interested in tarot, I have an online tarot class that's been doing great. People already are working in tarot. So maybe you got your next job there, Jan, you're going to be reading tarot cards. Super. I, 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 you know, I think you just need like three answers, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> well, is like comedy, like when, you know, you do the, the audience work, but you really know it's going to be like three different. Answers. <laughs> well, you I'm joking. Cameron, thank you so much for coming on our podcast. We, uh, we oh. love to showcase comedians and funny comedians and uh, please check out Karen at, on Instagram and paranormal Karen and Karen and she's, uh, yeah, Karen, a fun, nice Karen. We like Karen. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Karen. Take care. Thanks, Jan. All right, bye. Bye, hon. Thanks for listening to Over 50 and and Funny with comedians Jan McGinnis and Frank King. If you enjoyed the podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe. And tell your friends. If you did not enjoy the podcast, we hope you have no friends.